Psalm 33. Starting our, they're starting my countdown, okay. So they're, they got a running clock on my preaching time this morning. And it's good for you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. We're having a great... We're having too much fun. Okay, don't tell Pastor Justin. We're having too much fun. And, uh, and thank you. Um, well, Pastor Justin asked me about uh, three or four weeks ago if I would, I would preach this morning. Of course, I, I feel honored any time to be asked to preach God's Word anywhere. I, I've preached many different states. I've preached... Uh, In churches like this, I've preached in rescue missions to homeless people. I believe that if God asks you to preach and someone says, hey, will you preach? If you can do it, you preach God's word and you testify for the Lord above. And so I'm always honored. Uh, And and truthfully, uh, this week I was was a little nervous. Uh, I had no idea what I was preaching. Now, that's not because I'm not prepared. Uh, In fact, I had probably three messages that in my mind I'm like, okay, it's got to be one of these three. And in fact, I, I preach all the time. Last week, I was at a church uh, that in Michigan where I grew up. I preached seven times in four days, okay? By the end of it, they hated me. No, I'm just kidding. And they're like, please leave. And uh, no, we had a great time. By the way, I, I tried to represent my Savior. I represented you. Uh, we had a, they had a, a public school outreach they were doing. And we had 32 young people walking aisle trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, on Sunday morning, they had 15 visitors, uh, 15 teen visitors who showed up back to church Sunday morning from coming to that, those rally nights. And so just a wonderful time. And that's fruit to your account, uh, I believe. And so anyway, I got off track there for a second. That was awesome. Uh, but it's not a lack of messages. It was just, I don't know what God wants me to preach. There's sometimes where I'm asked to preach and it's like, I know it. God immediately, it's like, this is a message. And then other times I have weeks like this where I'm going, Lord, please, please. Tell me what to preach. I've got multiple messages. I'm prepared. I'm ready. What one? And, and then, of course, I had a trip at the end of the week, and I'm, I'm like, yeah. And he never told me. And the week is going, and I'm getting nervous, and I'm getting more nervous every day. And, and I was praying about it. And this morning, I believe I'm going to preach to you the message that God has for me that he shared with me. If you got your Bible, we're going to look at Psalm 33, verse 1 to start. The Bible says, Rejoice to the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Verse 2, praise the Lord with heart. Verses 1 and 2 talk about praising God, rejoicing uh, about the things God has done in our lives. And every Christian here, I hope in your own personal life, you are constantly finding yourself in in a state of praising God, being grateful for what God is doing in your life. That should be a Christian thing. Verse number 2 and 3, the Bible says, Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Verse 3, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Verse 2 and 3 remind us that as a Christian who praises God, a, a way we can do that very easily is through music. Through music, playing instruments, uh, singing to God. You saw that displayed this morning as Brother Cameron and the orchestra pit over here was playing music about our Savior, Jesus Christ, okay? The choir got up and sang. Uh, It's so important for every Christian to praise God, to rejoice in God, and also to sing to God. I always get nervous when I look at teenagers, and there's a bunch of teens who are singing about the Lord, and there's one who's not. Almost always there's a spiritual problem going on. Almost always. Uh, by the way, I, I want to teach you this. I, I hope you know this. The, the choir this morning was not for you. 
Some of you thought that this week they practiced, they prepared, and, and they showed up to their choir practice for you. They didn't. They weren't singing for you. In fact, if you didn't show up, they would have still sang. Because they weren't singing for you, they were singing for God above. I hope you understand that. When I sing, by the way, Brother Cedia is not a great singer. Okay? I stood over there. How many saw me stand over there awkwardly? The girls blocked me. They blocked me. I couldn't get up there. Okay? I felt very out of place. Okay? And Jamie, I blame you wherever you are. Okay? And uh, I couldn't get up there. Listen, I missed half the notes. Don't tell Brother Vessel. I missed half the notes. But listen, I'm not singing for you. I'm singing for the Lord. Amen. Singing for the Lord. You sing from your heart. Why, why would you sing from your heart? Because I want to praise God. I want to rejoice to God. And so you kind of see this happening, this praising God, rejoicing for what God's done. And we we sing, we we play music. Look at verse 4. It tells you why. For the word of the Lord is right. Why praise God? Why sing to God? Well, his word is right when so many other things in this world are wrong. God's word points us to right. Look at verse 4. And all his works are done in truth. God's works are true and real when so many other things in this world are fake. Verse 5, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Why praise God? Why sing to God? Well, his word is right. His works are true. And this earth is filled with the goodness of God. Isn't God good to every single one of us? Why would I ever be afraid to sing about him? Why would I ever be afraid to praise him for all he's done? Are you with me this morning? Now, I say all that to say this. As I was thinking this week, what do I preach? I went on my trip. Myself and Brother Cameron, every year we try to do a little hunting trip about this time of the year. How many have ever heard of Summer Lake, Oregon? Anybody ever heard of that? Okay, most of you have not, and there's a reason. It's a tiny town in the desert of Oregon, southeast of Bend, about maybe two hours, middle of nowhere. It's called a summer lake, but there's like three buildings, right? It's one of those towns out in the high desert. And every year, me and Brother Cameron, we we love to go on a waterfowl hunting trip because when you get out there in the middle of the desert is a duck oasis. And as a duck hunter, I love that kind of place. And so we drive over four hours to get there. And of course, I was telling Brother Cameron, I said, Brother Cameron, I've got like, I'm telling him the messages I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, Brother Cameron, I'm just torn this week. Normally I am like, I know I'm ready, but man, it's just like the Lord has just not told me which one is right. And and so I'm telling him all this stuff. And that morning we got up to go hunt and it was dark out and and we, we got our decoys on and we're walking out into the middle of a marsh because who does that except crazy hunters, right? Every hunter understands that's awesome. Every non-hunter is like, you weirdos. Yes, I know. I understand. Middle of the night. And we're walking. I remember I looked up. You ever seen the stars? When you're nowhere near city. I mean, out here we get to see a few. My daughter, every, every time we leave church at night, she's like, stars, daddy. I'm like, they're up there somewhere, you know. You can't really see them. You know, maybe see the moon. I looked up. Millions? Is it millions? Millions. Sometimes you can look, and it's almost like you can see a galaxy. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's like like that little cluster. Saw the Big Dipper. See Orion and his belt. You could even see the, is it the bow, which you normally can't see all the time. I mean, it was just, 
We both just stopped. Wow. We started counting shooting stars. We lost count. I mean, just so many. Okay, by the way, shooting stars, comment, you scientists can tell me later. I don't know, okay? What is that? I'm calling a shooting star. You can call it what you want. One of them was so big, like we saw it, and the little trail, you know, you can see the trail. It like lingered. It was so big that the trail like lingered for about two seconds. That was the biggest one I've ever seen. Just amazing. And as I stood there, it was immediately like God said, that's what I want you to preach. Okay. Would you look at the next verse? Verse number six. The Bible says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Hmm. All those stars I saw, God made those. God made every single one of them. Look at the next part of the verse. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. By the way, it wasn't difficult for God to make the universe. He did not even break a sweat. He just simply spoke. Wow. Unreal. Unreal. The verse, Bible goes on, it says, verse 7, He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth. In storehouses. And verse number eight is where I want to start this morning. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world, here it is, stand in awe of Him. As I stood out there in the middle of a marsh, in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, looking up at the stars, I stood in awe of God. And this morning, in your Bible, There's three times that word awe is mentioned, A-W-E, three times. And this morning, quickly, I want to look at all three of those times, and I hope that as we look at these three this morning, that it'll help us better understand this word and phrase, standing in awe. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer before we get into it? Dear Lord, we love you. God in heaven, please help me this morning. Lord, it's going to be a little more teachy than preachy, but God, I believe it's truth. I know it's truth. And I just ask you to be with me, be with the listener, Lord, help them to stay awake and alert, and God, to let the truth of your word into their hearts. God, we love you and we need you. In your precious name, amen. Number one this morning, here we go. Three thoughts, three passages. How many think you could stay awake for that? Raise your hand. Okay, raise your left hand. Touch your head. Okay, touch your ear. I saw you. Okay, I saw you. I got you. By the way, some of you couldn't even touch your head part. You just weren't confused the whole time, okay? Some of you just didn't want to. I get it. I get it. Okay. And uh, here we go. Number one. I love this. We are in awe when we realize who God is. We are in awe when we realize who God is. Verse number eight, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. But this morning, I don't know if you caught it, but as I read these verses, in these verses, the psalm writer is putting different attributes of God Throughout these verses, for instance, it talks about righteousness. And it, it, verses 3 and 4, it's really talking about our righteousness. But we know that God in heaven is a righteous God. Righteous meaning perfect. He is without sin. He is without flaw. Me and you don't understand that. Because even on my best day, I am so flawed. Even on the best of day, I could look at my day and say, you know what? Was I completely righteous today? 
I did good, but there was a thought. There was an attitude. There was an action. There was a word. Shouldn't have said. But see, God's not like that. See, God is perfectly righteous all day, every day, always has been, and always will be. He is completely righteous. And we think about that and we go, wow, that's pretty impressive. He, he mentions this in verse number, I believe it's four or five. He, he mentions love. He, he loveth. God is a loving God. Uh, well, that's amazing to us. Why? Because God loves you. Knowing every sin you've ever committed. Knowing every thought that you've ever had. Knowing everything you've ever done wrong, even more than your spouse, more than your mom, more than your dad. God in heaven looks at you knowing everything about you and he loves you. Wow. That's pretty amazing. He's righteous. He's loving. Look at verse 5. Oh, I love it. In judgment, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Isn't he a good God? He's a good God. We don't deserve anything from God, and yet God graciously gives us blessings, gives us things we, we don't even ask for sometimes. Why? Because God in heaven is good to us. I look at my life, and boy, God's been good to me. I've got a, I've got a great wife I don't deserve. I've got two beautiful children. I've got a home, and it's not big, but every day I'm grateful for the home I have. This week, I got a truck. I'm amen in that myself. Okay? I know the blue beast, guys. Y'all, y'all see my, my old blue truck. It, it's no more. I'm sorry. Okay? That six... Aw. Okay. Six miles a gallon, guys, was making me go, ouch. Ouch. Oh. That same truck I just got, I took it on that trip with Brother Cameron. How many times did we thank God for that truck, Brother Cameron? I, I only had to fill it up like once. Miracle. Oh, I thank God for that thing so many times. By the way, the 8.30 people, they were cracking on me. They said, man, you talk more about your truck than your wife and your kids. I just walked away from that one. Sometimes it's better just not to respond. God's so good to us. By the way, if you could come up and testify to the church family. Every one of us would see, oh, he's been so good, so good. He's powerful. Verse 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. God is a powerful God. You just had to look up at the stars. Those didn't happen by accident. Those were put there by a master creator, God in heaven. And he didn't have to work hard. He just spoke and they were there. God has all the power. You, you think about all these things, and when you realize who God is, what it makes you want to do is stand in awe of him. Stand in awe. Because he is perfect, but I am not. But he loves me, even though I don't deserve it. And because he's good to me, he would send his son. He would send his son, who would die and pay for my sins because he was the only one powerful enough and perfect enough to do it. We stand in awe of our God. And the more you get to know him, the more in awe 
we become. Now, it's interesting. We're going to look at the next, the next two. Now, we're about halfway done with the first. But here's another little interesting caveat. That word awe is three times. Three times we're going to see it. This is the first one. Three times you see it, and every time it's, it's kind of got a phrase with it. It's stand in awe. I tried to do the research on it. I broke the Hebrew words down. I did the hard work for you guys, okay? Don't have to overthink. But, but I tried to break it down, and really, it, it's hard to break down each word. It, it's almost like a phrase. They go together, stand in Awe, stand in awe. Now, I thought about that word stand, stand, okay? Not just be in awe, but stand. And, and I came up with three thoughts. You, you can pick which one you like. Maybe it's all three in one because God could do that. But, but I wanted to think about that word stand. A response to God's awe is this word stand, right? When I'm in awe of God, I what? I stand, I stand. So I thought about this first. Sometimes we stand. We stand because we're passionate about something. Or we want to be strong about something. Uh, For instance, if you've ever been to a sports game, anybody ever been to a sports game? If you come to a sports game here at GVCA and you hear high school soccer coach, when you show up to the game, you're going to hear a person. His name is TJ Gardner because I coach the sports team. And when I'm yelling out at the field, I'm basically usually almost always yelling at my players, always positive. (laughs) If it's negative, they're on the bench and you never heard what I said to them most of the time. But every once in a while, I know it shouldn't be true, but every once in a while in the game, I'll be yelling at my players and the ref will make a call. Those lovely, wonderful officials. They'll make a call. And if you're lucky enough, you may hear TJ respond with, God bless you. But if you've ever been to a sports game, that ref makes a bad call. And what what do people in the stands do? I mean, I've been to an Oregon Ducks football game where the ref makes a bad call and everyone's out of their seat. They're like mutinous, man. Why? Because they feel so strongly about something that they what? They stand. Maybe that's that stand and all. When when I realize the awe of God, I, I want to stand because he's worth standing for. Look at, look at verse number 10. Verse number 10. A couple of verses later, he kind of mentions this. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He, he maketh the devices of the people of none effect. In other words, I don't have to be swayed by the people of this world. I, I don't have to fall into the wickedness that everyone else is doing. I can stand because I have a God worth standing in awe of. Amen. But what about this? We, we understand this one. Maybe it's a stand in awe, as in a respect of God. Respect of God. We understand standing out of respect, correct? I, I think we all understand that. You come to a wedding. You ever been to a wedding? Of course, you come here. They, they always have the double doors, you know, right here. We got these double doors. Some of you looked. You're thinking a bride was coming through. There's nobody coming through this morning, okay? They put the little, is it runner? What's that little thing they put down? Runner. Am I making a word up? Okay, thank you. If I did, we're making it up together. It's truth. Runner. And man, all of a sudden that double doors will open, the song will play, and here she comes. And what do we do? We stand. We stand out of respect of that young lady who's in that white dress. Hopefully she's lived the way God has asked her. She's totally 100% pure. And she's walking before all of us to walk up to an altar where there with her and that man, she's going to make a commitment to him and a commitment to almighty God above. And we stand out of respect. We've all been in church where the pastors ask you, let's all stand and what? Stand and pray. 
We bow our heads and pray out of respect of God. Maybe that's this stand in awe. We, we stand in awe because we respect the power and the amazingness of God. Maybe it's this last one. This one, I, I think, maybe it is. The stand where, where we stand when something brings us to our feet. You ever seen something that you just had to stand up when you see it? Okay. For instance, I do a teen game. And if I were to do a teen game with all of you right here, and it was a really good game, all of you in the back would do what? Of course, it might be the stupidest game ever. They're eating a goldfish. I don't know. You'd want to stand up. Now, I have to tell you this. I'm going to tell you a little illustration. I hope this makes sense. I did ask my wife if I should say this. She said no. So half of you right now are very excited. The other half are very scared. My wife is hopefully playing the piano upstairs somewhere. Okay. I grew up, me and my dad, we loved watching the Rocky movies. I know, I know, don't judge. The Rocky movies. I'm not condoning Rocky movies, but I watch them. And let me tell you, me and my dad growing up, I mean, probably once a year, we'd watch all of them, me and my dad together. Just love them. Listen, my favorite is Rocky IV. You, You know that one where it's Rocky versus Drago. America versus Russia. Of course, my dad disagrees. He's always like, Mr. T, the third one is by far the best. No, dad, you're wrong. You're wrong, dad, if you're watching. If you're watching, you're wrong. It's number four. But anyway, man, I'll sit there and watch that. And of course, Rocky's training. He's in Russia running through the snow. Got the big lumberjack beard. Lifting weights. I don't know. Maybe it's like this. I don't know. Okay. And I'm telling you, even today, my wife will testify. When I watch that, I cannot sit down. I cannot. The music starts playing. Rocky starts running through the snow. I had nothing to do with that. Don't you dare tell Pastor Justin I had nothing to do with that. We, I hope my wife didn't hear that. Brother Colby, you're killing me today, man. Anyway, when you hear that, when, anyway, he's running through the snow, and man, Brother T.D., I'm off my, my couch, and I am, you know, he starts punching the bag, and I'm, <laughs> I mean, my wife's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but this is awesome. Let's go, Rocky. Get him. I can't help it. Can I tell you, maybe that's the stand in awe here, where when you realize who God is, you can't help. You can't help but be standing in awe of him. Are you with me this morning? So the the first stand in awe, we stand in awe, we stand in awe when we realize who God is. Number two, let's look at the second passage. We're running out of time. Everybody still alive? I hope so. Go to Psalm 4 if you would. Here's the other, here's the second awe in the Bible. Psalm chapter 4, verse 4. Psalm chapter 4, verse 4. Look at verse 2 before we get to verse 4. The Bible says, O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and speak and, and seek after leasing Selah? God is showing you some people who are not standing at all, right? They're not standing at all. They're doing their own thing. They're, they're not going towards God. They're, they're doing their own life. There is no awe of God. Verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart him... That is godly for 
himself. God wants me and you to stand in awe of him. We are not on this earth to please ourselves. We are on this earth to please our heavenly father, God above. Verse 4, here it is. Stand in awe and sin not. Number two this morning. Us being in awe of God helps keep us from sin. Us being in awe of God helps keep us from sin. See, when I stand in awe of God, it makes me focus more on God and less about myself. And when I focus less on myself, I will sin a whole lot less because I'm not living to please myself. I'm living to please my God. See, when you stand in awe of God, you're going to sin a whole lot less. I think about it this way. Have you ever weighed yourself on a scale? Raise your hand now. Don't you lie to me. This is church, bless God. Okay. Listen, I've done it. And sometimes I get on a scale and I'm like, nice. It's like, good. Like, that's a good weight. I'm good with that. There's been other times, <coughs> COVID, <coughs> where I got on a scale. And I looked down and said, whoa, where did those 10 pounds come from? Well, they came from Twinkies. Amen. My wife will not let me shop anymore, guys. Okay? Because we spend $100 more when I go. Because I will walk down the aisles and go, ooh, I want one of those. And the truth is this. When I say that, I only want one. So I will buy a box of Twinkies, and they will sit in my cupboard for a month, and I will only have eaten one. Because I was hungry that day, and I saw that one of the Twinkie, but I never actually wanted a whole box of Twinkies. I just wanted one Twinkie. So we spend a lot of money, and we waste a lot of food. Anyway, there's times I get on a scale, and I look down, and I go, whoa. Can I tell you, if I'm standing on a scale, and I look down, and I go, ooh, and someone offers me a Twinkie, you guess what I'm going to say? No, we have an issue. We have a problem. And you're offering me this Twinkie, get away from me. Now, if you come to me with a pumpkin pie, we might have a problem. No, the truth is this, when I stare at that scale and I see what it's telling me, when that comes, I'm going to say no to that. Why? I'm focused on the scale and not on the Twinkie. Christian. If you would stand more in awe of God, you would sin a whole lot less. If you would look at God and who he is and what he's done for you and all the things he's doing for you and how much he loves and cares about you, when the sin comes your way, he'll say, no, God, you're so good to me. Why would I ever go for that? See, when you stand in awe of God, you you, you sin a whole lot less in your life. This week, listen, you may have a sin problem. This week, if you want to conquer that sin problem a little bit this week, hey, listen, why don't you think about God? Why don't you stand in awe of Him? See, listen, when I was out on that middle of a marsh in the middle of nowhere, looking up at the stars, there was not a single bad thought that went through this head. There was not a single bad spirit that went in my heart. Why? I was focused on God. And when you stand in awe of God, the Bible tells you that it's going to help us in this area of not sinning. And I've got to mention this. I know we're running out. I'm running low on time. But can you follow me, verse 5? Can you follow me? Look at this. Offer the sacrifices. Uh, oh, sorry, verse 4. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Psalm writer struggling sleeping. Can't sleep at night. Struggling in his bed. You get, you get that? Verse 5. 
offer the sacrifices of righteousness to put your, put your trust in the Lord. Verse 6, there be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Verse 7, thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. Verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. It mentions sin here, but one of the sins it mentions is this area of lack of trust in God. It's a word we hear oftentimes people are struggling with, anxiety. Anxiety. People can't sleep. People think about what's coming tomorrow. Just like the psalm writer says, you want to know what will help your anxiety? Being in awe of God. And realize that a God who can create that in the universe, your problem the next day is nothing for him to help you with. It's nothing. It's so easy. You don't have to lose sleep over it. The psalm writer says, because of God, I can lay my head down at night in peace and I can sleep. I can overcome this thing of anxiety. I I feel like the Lord had me mention that. Anyway, here we go. We gotta go, go to the last one. Last one. Psalm 119. Everybody still alive? I hope so. Psalm 119, the last awe here. So, We stand in awe of God when we realize who he is. When we stand in awe of God, it will help us sin a whole lot less. And then lastly, Psalm 119, verse 161. Oh, i got to turn there myself, okay? Uh, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Number three this morning, us being in awe of God should keep us in awe of of his word. Us being in awe of God should keep us in awe of his word. The same powerful God, loving God, righteous God, good God was so good to us that he gave you a book that you could read in your own language. He did not put you on this earth with no guidelines. He did not put you on this earth and say, go Rome for 70 years. No. He loved you too much for that. And so that same amazing God said, I'm going to give you my word and it will be preserved and it will be perfect. And even though it was written by those men of God many, many years ago, today I stand before you. You have it in your hand. It's on the screens. The perfect, complete word of God. That's amazing. And when you stand in awe of God, it makes you want to stand in awe of this book. This book is profitable. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Romans 10.17, this book will grow your faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This book is perfect, Psalm 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect. This book gives us hope, Romans 15.4. For what sort of things were written aforetime are written for our learning that through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Isaiah 55 said this book prospers and will never return void. Jeremiah 23 says this book is like a fire and it's like a hammer that chips away and chisels at the sin in our lives. Matthew 24, 35 says it's eternal. Hebrews 4 says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I could quote verse after verse after verse. But when you stand in awe of God, it should make you stand in awe that the God of heaven would give you a book for you to read and to learn. He gave you a book. He gave you a church. What's the purpose of the church? To share Christ. 
Why do you think we have Sunday school? Why do you think we have a church service? Because we have this. He gave you a pastor who every week that pastor sits down somewhere and for hours, for hours, prepares not one message but multiple, multiple. And he will stand up before you when it would be certainly easier to sit in your pew. But God has sent him to you. He sent him to you to get up and to preach and teach this wonderful book. Are you with me this morning? When you stand in awe of God, it should make you stand in awe of this book right here. Look at the next couple verses. Verse one, look at the verses of the psalm writer. 162, I'm going to stay with you guys. Colby, stay with me. Verse 162, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. The psalm writer looks at God's word and says, I found a hidden treasure. This book right here is a hidden treasure. And I found it. I have it. If I, it's like I could go get anything, but I have this. Verse 163, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Verse 164, I read this as I prepared this, and God spoke to me right here. TJ, this is you. Look at this. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. He's talking about the word of God here, guys. Seven times a day, the psalm writer says, seven times a day I consciously thank and praise God for his word. I thought to myself, do I even thank God twice a day? Forgive me. I know I'm preaching it. But that was preaching at me. I thought, seven times. I thank, God's, I thank God for his word at least once, maybe twice, but seven? And yet this man looks at this book. It's more precious than any other possession he has. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this word. And if you're not careful, hey, Christian, if you're not careful, it sits, in your, it sits on your dresser and collects dust. It doesn't get open throughout the week. It doesn't get read at all. It doesn't get memorized and put into your heart. You come to church and a man of God gets up and you think about your busy schedule that you have, and I know you do, and you think about what's coming up, but you don't stand in awe of the book that God has given us. Because when you stand in awe of an almighty God, You can't help but stand in awe of the fact that that God would give me and you a book. Very quickly, and I'm done. This morning, when you realize who God is, can't help but stand in awe. And if you'll stand in awe of God, it's going to help you sin a whole lot less. And can I tell you, when you stand in awe of God, you can't help but stand in awe of this book. But here's the problem, and I'm done. Here's the problem. We all know this. Sometimes things in your life that you were once in awe of, you aren't anymore. Let's, let's give you an example. Take Mount Hood. Do you remember the first time you saw Mount Hood? Some of you Oregonians don't because you're like, it's always been there. I came from Michigan. We ain't got no mountains. We have hills. They're basically glorified mounds of dirt. Like, we used to go snowboarding in Michigan, guys. It was called shovel snow on your sidewalk and your steps. Slide down the steps. You want to you go snowboarding? Go climb that little hill that all the kids are sledding on, and you put your snowboard on. That was snowboarding for us. I never forget the first time I saw Mount Hood. Me and my wife, well, we weren't even husband and wife yet. We were dating. Pastor Mutcher brought us out here to look at the ministry, see if we'd be interested and God would call us out here. 
And uh, he kept saying we were engaged. We were not engaged, guys. Okay? I did have the ring. Okay? Their husband, you know, fiance. I'm like, "Mm, not yet. Don't say that. Okay? And uh, awkward. And, um, but we, we flew into PDX. I'd never flown into PDX. I don't know what PDX was back then. Portland Airport. And there I saw it. A mountain. Wow. I've never seen one of those, man, like in person. Like, that's pretty awesome. I come from hills. Yeah. Okay. Pretty awesome. I came to the property. I, 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 I don't think it was, I want to say it was within the first couple hours of being around Pastor Mutchler. He drove us in the parking lot. He drove us right down here to the educational building where that basketball hoop is. He said, you know why we call it Grandview Baptist Church? I said, why? He says, well, let's, let's look. There was Mount Hood right out of the parking lot. You know when the last time I looked at Mount Hood and really stood in awe of it was? I can't think of it. You know how often I pull in this parking lot? Every day. Sometimes like five times a day, you know. Pull in. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's always there. It's always there. But that doesn't mean I'm in awe of it. And can I tell you, Christian, if you're not careful, that's how you are with God. He's always there. He's always there. And when you're not thinking of him, he's still there. And the scary thing about standing in awe of God is if you're not careful, instead of standing in awe of God, sometimes you're sitting to something you used to stand for. Can I challenge you, Christian, this week? Would you think about God? Would you stand in awe of of all the things he is? This week, I think, guys, guys, if this week you will stand in awe of God, you're going to have a whole better week than you would if you didn't. And this week, when you stand in awe of God, would you open his precious word? And would you stand in awe the fact that he loves you enough to give you a book in a country where we get to read it and have church and study it and let it be a light unto our lives? Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to pray. We're going to get ready to dismiss. With heads bowed, eyes closed, can I ask you a quick question? With heads bowed, eyes closed, please. I don't know all of you. I know many of you. And if you don't know you, if I don't know you, I'm sorry. But if I don't know you, or even if I do, I got to ask you this question. If something bad were to happen to you, would you be 100% sure that heaven was your home? How many say, Brother TJ, I remember the day in my life where I prayed and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. How many testify to that? Say, Brother TJ, I remember that day. Hands up all over the room. Would you raise your hand? Testify to the Lord. Can I ask you a question? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never had that moment. Can I tell you, God doesn't ask you to be perfect. He doesn't ask you to show up to church every single service. God doesn't make you walk over hot coals. God wants to save you. All you have to do is accept Jesus, his son, his perfect son, who died in a cross to save you. If you're here this morning and you say, Brother Cedia, I could not raise my hand because I'm not sure I'm saved. But Brother Cedia, I'd love to be. Today is the day of your salvation, the Bible says. Could, could I lead you in a prayer with heads bowed, eyes closed? You say, Brother Cedia, I'm not sure I'm saved. I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior. I can't testify like the hundreds of other people that just did. Could you get it nailed down right now and ask Jesus to be your Savior? Pray something like this in your heart. Dear Jesus,
I know I'm a sinner. And dear Jesus, I cannot save myself. But Jesus, I believe in you. And I accept what you did on the cross. And Jesus, I ask that you would come into my heart and be my Savior for this life and for all eternity. With heads bowed, eyes closed, those testified earlier that they're saved. Is there someone this morning, say, Brother TJ, I just prayed and asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. For the first time in my life, I prayed and accepted him as my Savior. Would you raise your hand and testify? Testify to me. I see that hand. Thank you so much, ma'am. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. Is there another? Brother TJ, I prayed that. With heads bowed, eyes closed, can I ask you a question? Church, what did God speak to your heart about? How many would testify in here, Brother TJ, God is speaking to my heart about something in the message. Maybe it's not even in the message, but God's speaking to my heart about something this morning. Brother TJ, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand? Is there anyone say, Brother TJ, would you pray for me? I see those hands. Is there anyone else? Brother TJ, would you pray for me? With heads bowed, eyes closed, here's what we're going to do. If you would, stand to, your, stand to your feet this morning. And with heads bowed, eyes closed, the piano's going to play. If you need to do business with God, maybe you raised your hand. God's working with you. Would you walk an aisle? Would you come to the front? If you're at your seat, would you just connect with God for a minute? I saw a lot of hands. Brother TJ, would you pray for me? And I'm going to do that in a second. But would you pray for yourself first? Whatever God's speaking your heart about, do business with God. Do business with God. If you're here this morning, maybe you trusted Christ as your Savior, and you'd like to share that with our church, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to just recognize you and give your name. We've got some men at the front. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe you're here this morning, and you want to be baptized. Our baptism is always open. We believe that the water should always be ready for a convert, a person, to obey God and get baptized. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother I need to be baptized. We'd love to talk to you. We've got some men at the front. We'd love to help you. Maybe you're here this morning. You don't have a church home. Maybe you've been visiting. Maybe it's your first time. I have no idea. We say, Brother Tina, I want this to be my new church home. We'd love to have you join our church as a member. Once again, these men at the front would love to help you. saw the hands this morning. God, you're speaking to many people. God, we just ask that today that you would help each of us. Lord, I know that even though I was the preacher this morning, God, your word preached at me all week. And as I thought about this message the last couple days, Lord, I just, I just know there's some areas in my life I need help. I need to work at. God, I, I, I believe there's a whole lot of us that feel that way. This morning, God, we just ask for your presence, your power, and that, God, you would help us in the areas of our life that we need it, God, for the decisions that have been made this morning. We just ask you to be with each and every one of those. And God, you are amazing. And we as a church, I don't know about everyone else in this world, but God, I believe this church stands in awe of you and help us never, never to lose that, God. And help us always stand in awe of you. Because God, you are amazing. And God, you're so good. 
to each and every one of us. Please bless each of us today in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Just a second. Uh, we're going to watch the next video. Uh, did want to mention we do have a baptism. We'll watch the baptism as soon as uh, the next video is done. Before you leave this morning after the baptism, we do ask that uh, if you are a first-time guest, we're so glad you're here. And by the way, if you're a first-time guest, we have a rule here. If, I, if someone is preaching other than pastor, you have to come back next week. Sorry. And uh, we have that rule. And so we're glad you're here, but you've got to come back next week. Uh, but we'd love to, seriously, we'd love to get, connect with you. Fill out that connect card. Meet one of us in the back. There will be some men by that guest reception. We've got a gift for you. If, Brother Derek is going to beg you, okay, he said beg him, Brother T.D., if you have a trunk and you're willing to decorate and give out candy, please sign up on that back table. There's a little trunk or treat, trunk, trunk or treat trunk, sign up sheet, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. Let's watch the next video, and then we'll get to watch the baptism this morning. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for our evening service with Pastor Justin Lehman. The church office is preparing the 2024 personal tithing envelopes for our members. Please help us in staying up to date with our giving envelopes by stopping by the welcome desk to let us know if you would like to receive a set of 2024 personal tithing envelopes or if you have received them in the past and would like to opt out due to online giving. If we do not hear from you by October 29th, we will mark your preference as it was last year. Trunk or Treat is right around the corner on October 29th at 5 p.m. Join us for the special community event we host right here in the Grandview parking lot. There will be free candy for all in attendance and plenty of games and activities for you to enjoy, as well as a raffle for two fire pits and a Fred Meyer gift card. If you would like to donate candy or interested in decorating your vehicle for truck or treat, please sign up at the welcome desk or see Derek Bestel. Do you want to make a difference in the next generation? Our Awana program is growing and we need a few people to help listen to verses during the Wednesday night service. Memorizing scripture is crucial to our Christian walk. So come and make a difference in the lives of these children by helping and encouraging them as they memorize these key verses that will help them their entire lives. Volunteer today on the sign-up sheet at the welcome desk in the foyer. Join us for a wonderful opportunity to help your child sing and develop their voices through our 2023 Children's Christmas Choir. This is for children 5 years old through 6th grade. We will be performing during the Love Was Born a King program on Saturday, December 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 10th at 11 a.m. Bring your children to the service tonight at 5 for practice and they will receive a practice schedule to take home. Plan to join us and bring a friend for Open House Sunday on November 5th at 10 a.m. On this special day, we'll be celebrating any visitors who come with a gift. So invite your friends, relatives, and coworkers to come with you to church on November 5th. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Savior? Yes. 
Praise the Lord. Bree, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death. Amen. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Thank you so much for being part of our service. I did forget one announcement. Tonight, uh, of course, Pastor Justin will be back. And tonight, we're going to have a special time in a service where we recognize all of our Sunday school teachers. And so if you're able to be here tonight at the 5 o'clock service, uh, so many of our Sunday school teachers, you might not even know that they're Sunday school teachers. They teach whether it's children, teenagers, adults, faithfully every single week. And so we're going to have a special time of recognition for them in this service. I failed to mention that earlier, and so I wanted to say that. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Dear God, please be with each and every one of our church members as they leave the property today. God, keep them safe. Lord, as they go through their week, God, help them to live for you. God, help them to stand strong. God, we ask that you'd be with us as we depart. And Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for our church and everything that happens in your precious name. Amen. Thank you.